Hello. Welcome to the Everyday Being podcast. I'm Gareth, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Steve. Steve, how are you today? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, it's a lovely um, evening here, a blue sky outside, a few clouds, so nice to not have rain for a change. How's things with you? Yeah, good, good. I think uh, we're both, in in all honesty, sort of a little, little nervous uh, about yeah. this being uh, our, 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 the, the first in this series, but also, in all honesty, our first ever ever podcast. So uh, we're just really delighted uh, that you have taken the time today to listen to us. But hopefully this is time that's about you. Um, and we just hope that you enjoy what is the very first episode of the Everyday Being podcast. Uh, Steve and I think that we are everyday people, everyday, normal, standard people. Um, we think that we come from normal backgrounds, uh, fairly traditional upbringings in, in the UK. We've got wonderful wives. We've got fabulous children that we thoroughly uh, adore um we've got pretty normal jobs we've got you know got good good jobs but we, we, we like to think there's nothing out of the ordinary about anything there we love exercising we love watching sports or really taking part in sports we like reading we like getting better and you know hopefully there is something in there that you will identify with or will have some similarities because what we're trying to do is have conversations that is about everyday things and everyday activities that that people have. Steve and I have known each other for 10 years. Um, And during this time, uh, we have found, discovered, been exposed to some things that we think can really change our worlds. We fundamentally believe that they've changed our worlds. They've, they've changed lives, relationships, happiness, well-being from a physical and a mental perspective as well. And, and we genuinely believe that these things that we've been exposed to have had that really big impact on us. Um, now, we don't take for granted that that is may, maybe something a bit bold, a bit big, um, but we genuinely believe it to be true. And we believe it to be true is that these things that we've been exposed to have have happened to us and they've had a massive impact on, on all those things I've described. So what, we, what we're trying to do is that we hope that by listening to us today, you can start to see how the things around you or the, your world and ultimately, your thinking is creating the world around you, not the other way around. So Everyday Being as a podcast came out of the desire and drive that Steve have got is to let other people have this awareness and understanding that, that we've got. So this is episode one of what will be an eight-part series. Um, and we shall see where it goes after, after that, um, which we typically are going to try and be for about 45 minutes each, some, somewhere in, in that um, length. 
And the idea is that, you know, that is something that is manageable to listen to in one go or to, to be broken up and ultimately to be listened to when you're doing everyday things, because that's what we're trying to, to bring to life. And we're trying to make things as, as practical as we possibly can. So that's just a little bit of background. And as we go more into the conversation, we'll share more, but just to give a bit of a, an overview really of, of, of a little bit. Um, Steve, uh, talk to talk to us about what you think some of the problems and some of the issues that the everyday being podcast is pointing out or trying to solve. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I think you know when we were talking about this, um, we were, I suppose, interested in you know what what's behind our experience and why is that helpful to understand in terms of just how we live you know happy uh fulfilled meaningful lives really and looking at that very much as as you said already Gareth from a sort of everyday perspective so I suppose some of the areas that we wanted to just explore as part of this series of podcasts is things like you know why despite a concerted focus and effort on mental health during the last few years has sort of little progress been made not saying no progress has been made but you know I spend my my life as a I'm a qualified coach I've also been a qualified psychotherapist for the last 12 years or so um so I end up working with lots of different people um from sort of all walks of life um and I think you can really see that there's probably more people that that sort of struggle with everyday life I think COVID has probably not obviously helped in that regard has probably accelerated some of the the issues or challenges that people have experienced so we want to just explore well is there a different way of looking at that are we maybe approaching it from the uh, the wrong perspective or a less helpful perspective so that's one of the things we want to look at um I think that why looking for happiness and fulfillment or sort of any state of mind um, outside of ourselves is sort of doomed to failure, really. As soon as we look for a sense of our happiness or fulfillment in how much money we've got or what relationship we've got or where we've got to in our career, how much money we've got in the bank, whether we paid off our mortgage or whatever, it, it, it you realize and, and perhaps as you go through life you know it's not saying you don't have those goals but often you realize you achieve those goals and they often never quite bring you what they what you thought they were going to bring you because of course life is an ongoing process you know it's continuous in a sense <clears throat> so there's a real trap if we look for that happiness and film out in the world of form because that is invariably changing all the time in a sense is sort of impermanent really it's constantly changing and evolving then you know attaching our happiness to it is is a sort of dangerous thing to do so we want to just think well actually is happiness and fulfillment something that comes from within that's that sense of sort of being so again that's something i think we want to sort of point to and explore um and I suppose what we really say is because our true, the one thing that's always common to our experience is that we're being, you know, in a way, every moment we are 
we are being, we are aware, we're present of our experience. And it's sometimes it's almost so obvious we don't really pay much attention to it. So I think it's a really useful thing to step back and say, well, you know, when we say I am something, we often focus on what comes after the I am. I, I am happy, I am sad, I am anxious, I am depressed. <clears throat> and we focus on the thing that comes afterwards, but we often don't pay much attention to the I am. You know, what is the I am? So that's a useful thing to talk about. Um, and, and, and it's a difficult thing to, often that's a difficult thing to explore, which I think is, you know, why we're slightly nervous about doing it as well, because I think often when you talk about being, it can feel like well, it's a bit of a nebulous sort of subject. Um, so we want to grad uh, talk about it in, in lots of different ways, in a sense, or from slightly different perspectives. Um, because I suppose also where we want to come from is rather than try and share a theory or a concept, we want to really do our best to bring this back to the everyday and, and and really almost try and describe the human experience and i suppose our our um our sort of reflection for the audience would be you know sit back listen reflect and sort of be curious is what we're pointing to, what we're describing, is that true in your own experience? Because I think both our senses, we've talked about this over the years, Gareth, and, and, and you know, I've explored this a lot with, with different people. It only really lands when you can see, oh yeah, that's true for me. And if it's true for you, then there's an opportunity through, through self-inquiry to sort of say, oh yeah, actually, is that true? And which aspect of it is true? And if, well, if that is true, what are the implications for that for me? Because in a way, when we talk about <clears throat> being, you know, what we do is a reflection of who we're being. So sometimes we, when you talk to someone about, well, how are they being? They don't quite know how to answer it, but actually in a, in a way, the real answer is, well, what you're doing is a reflection of who you're being. <laughs> and often it's who we're being sort of creates what we do. And so sometimes we can look at what we do, look at how we're showing up to things, what experience we're having for ourselves, what experience we're creating for other people. And say, well, is that who I want to be? Is, is the way I'm being myself is the way I'm being with other people in my relationships and the people I work with and so on. Is, is that reflective of who I, who I want to be? And we'll explore if it's not, what can you do about that? What's, what's the best place to look at? Cause we often go to, well, change your behavior. But I think we all know that <clears throat> sometimes changing your behavior is, is, can be quite difficult because if we don't, reflect on the thinking if we don't reflect on what's creating that sometimes just trying to change your behavior through force of will you know is really difficult there's lots of people that would like to give up smoking or would not to like to overeat or whatever it might be 
And we sort of know that sometimes that's quite difficult if you don't sort of change something about your state of being, you know, your belief about yourself or your expectations about yourself or the thinking you have about certain subjects. It's only often when we, when that starts to shift and we maybe get an insight or a shift in understanding that then that changes, that changes our behavior. So that's the, that's the sort of territory, I think, from our perspective. Any, do you have any thoughts on that, Gareth? Anything particularly um, well, I was, I, well, I was, I was interested, I was going to ask you to go deeper on, on something that you, you said in all honesty, Steve. So uh, hopefully what is coming across already is there, are, there is two parts to this, that one is that this is every day. Okay, that that that's hopefully that's coming across loud and clear. But then we're moving on to the second and fundamental part, which is what is being. Um, and you've talked, Steve, about mental health. You've talked about happiness. You've talked about the the focus of I am, and, and the phrase that came to my mind was I am hungry. Don't know why I'm hungry at this time of night, but uh, you know I'm. I, you know that that was, that was the phrase that, that that came to me, and I focus on the on the the, the hungry part. Um, so there's there's lots of things that are already sort of you know you know we're giving clues to and already sort of signposting to. Um, I, I wonder if you can, Steve, just perhaps just give some type of example of, and it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing that that where you were where you were coming from so that sense of being and who you were and are and how that played out and, and what either the experience that you had or the experience that the people around you or the situation you were in were having of you because of where you were or how you were being what you were being yeah i mean <clears throat> like to give you a really uh like a present example quite a, an everyday example so at the moment i um i've got an apple watch that's linked to my phone so it means if i i go out walking every day with the dog if i'm out with the dog i don't have to take my phone because my watch will pick up my phone calls so it will act as as the phone and there's a, a, a way that they sort of give you a, num a, a number for your watch and you do something that then it transfers that number between your phone. So that if you call my phone, it goes straight to my watch and there's something they do to sort of create that. And I reset the watch recently because I was on a problem with it and it lost that mobile connection. So I sort of went through Vodafone, who my contract's with, did the various things I was supposed to do. They said, yeah, all done 24 it should take 24 hours it sometimes happens straight away but if not it's 24 hours that was like on the 30th of october silence you know kept checking it nothing happened kept checking nothing happened so i i i phoned them now just got it sorted today so on the 11th of november <laughs> but i'd phone i phoned them four times and in the past I could feel my anger boiling the more I thought about it and the more I sort of took umbrage at 
you know, you said it would take 24 hours. It hasn't. No one's bothered to phone me. A couple of people I phoned said, oh, I'll call you back to make sure it gets sorted. Ne never got the never got the phone call back. And for me, I was thinking, well, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be in the way that I deal with that? Now, part of me, if I'm honest, could go, well, righteously, Steve, you could be angry because, you know, you've spent even today, I've spent uh, 40 minutes on the phone today, you know, the fourth time trying to sort it being passed from pillar to post and and so on and so forth. And in a way, it was like, well, that's a choice. Now, it didn't mean that I couldn't be honest about the the frustration I had. And the fact that I'd been promised sort of various things on the way and the person I was speaking to, as the others have done, are very apologetic about that. But I sort of realised, well, I'm just dealing with an individual. So how I show up with that individual, I'm not really dealing with Vodafone. I'm dealing with a series of individuals <laughs> that are employed by Vodafone. So I've got a choice. I can I can create a bad experience for them and a bad experience for myself by being righteously angry and frustrated and so on. Or I can be honest and open about the frustration, but realise, well, I don't need to be angry. If I'm angry, that has a negative consequence on me and it has a negative consequence on them. It doesn't help the quality of my communication. I can still be open and honest about the situation, even to the point where I was saying, I think you owe me a credit for how long you've sort of kept me going. Of course, ironically, which I've now got a phone back to sort out because they had to sort out the issue <laughs> with the phone and the watch first. And the person who did that could not do the billing part. So it's like, you know, life is great, really, because life like just sort of, um, you know, don't get attached is one of the things, you know, if you're if you're if you're really connected to our sense of being, I think often we're much more accepting of our experience and we're less attached to things. So this was life saying, OK, Steve, are you really unattached? Are you really able to accept the situation it is and still and still be who you who you want to be? And I think that's the. That's the everyday of this, really. This isn't about, yeah. Yeah. you know, we can all say, well, I can be, I can be a lovely, understanding, accepting, beautiful, loving person. And that's great. And I think that is something that at our heart, that's who we are. I think that when we're really connected to ourselves, there is something about human beings being present, engaged, uh, understanding compassionate to loving you know I think there is a truth to that but there's also that you know life is difficult life's challenging we have to deal with things that go wrong we have to deal with the you know that my phone thing is a is a fairly minor thing but you know we all have those minor things to deal with plus we have the bigger things to deal with the stuff that goes wrong at work the the promotion we don't get or the project that goes wrong or the person that treats us badly or a relationship that breaks down or we suffer a bereavement someone really close to us that we we sort of lost you know so there's all there's all sorts of things that 
life will throw at us that will challenge will challenge us but i suppose the the reality is that we're, we can only deal with those things in the moment we can only deal with those things now the only time we're ever having an experience of anything is now and <clears throat> when you focus on well what is that what is that sense of now i was asking someone that was coaching this morning saying to her well are you having an experience now and she took a little moment to go am i am i having it and then it was like uh, yeah yeah no i am yeah and it's like how do you know well well, I'm sort of here talking to you and it's like yeah exactly you're present so you know you're having an experience everyone pauses as if to go what am I having an experience but because they well, yeah because I'm here I'm present I'm aware I'm aware of the fact we're having a conversation so you could say well you're being you know that you're having because you're being you're being here now you're present and you're having an experience and that so, is the thing that's we're always that's that's always present throughout our whole life. That's the only time we're having experiences here and now. So, to this, just on that, Steve. So, are you saying that at any given moment we're having an experience? Yeah, that that the only time we live our life is now is present. So you cannot go back into the past, not even no. two seconds, and you cannot go into the future. So we've never lived our life in the past and we've never lived our life in the future. Now, because of our mind, we have the faculty of memory, which means that we can revisit things in our mind to the past and we can think about things in the future. So in a way, that's the wonderful power of the mind to be able to to be able to do that. But in a way, you really see, you know, when we've got a lot on our mind, that's the conversation I was having with someone today. When you've got a lot on your mind, you're less present. So you're less connected to being. You're you're much more thinking about what has happened or you're thinking about what might happen, but you're still thinking about it now. That's the that's the thing. When you really examine yeah. it, you're you're the only time you can think about the past or think about the future is now. But it just means that the mind, and I know we'll come on to this in one of the later sessions, the sort of mind always yeah. works in that duality, really. So the mind always sort of works with you know, right, wrong, yes, no, good, bad, black, white. So it 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 operates in contrast, which is really useful for us. We use our mind a lot in our life and in our jobs and so on. So it's it's a really useful tool. But you do yeah. really see that you can't get you can't find peace of mind in the mind. That's I think one of the areas with if we approach mental health from that perspective we're sort of doomed to failure really because the, the because of the way the nature of the mind you it, it, it i think because when we're struggling with our mental health we know it's the mind you know anyone that's struggling with their mental health will find 
that you know if they're anxious they've got a lot of thinking about anxiety or if they're depressed they're feeling like oh my god you know i can't find my way out of the, the situation i'm experiencing and have a lot on their mind to do with worries and concerns and so on so it looks like well the mind is the problem therefore well the mind should be the answer but of course because the mind the, the currency of the mind is thought so when we're suffering with our mental health the the thinking is always um, related to that very strongly related to that you know the quality of the thinking we have is related to the state of mind that we're experiencing because there's this direct relationship so when we're struggling with our mental health we always have too much on our mind we always have a lot of unhelpful thinking so it looks like well that's what I've got to manage but it's really saying well no the thought the thinking is the problem therefore trying to defeat that thinking with more thinking just literally pours more fuel on the fire and we end up digging ourselves unintentionally you know completely innocently we dig ourselves in you know further into a hole so what we're saying is the source of mental health is really in our being it's connecting more to that sense of that awareness that presence and it's why, you know, when, when we are mentally healthy and when you talk to people about when they're at their best, the qualities of that are very similar about, well, I've just, I was very present. I was very engaged. I was very much in the moment. You know, it's flow. It's that yeah. it's flow. And you say to people, well, what were you thinking about? You know, when you were doing really well in a, I don't know, performing really well in a meeting or a presentation, often the person's, I wasn't really thinking, you know, I wasn't really thinking. I mean, they often say, well, of course I was, because I was sort of saying things, but there was just this, there was a real, in a very real way, their thinking was just in the moment and just coming up very naturally in terms of what they were doing and what they were saying and how they were responding. So they were using their thinking as it was designed to be used, which was in the moment, is to help us in the moment do what we need to be doing. And so often it's when so we let me... outside of that so let, let me let's go back to that conversation on the uh, with the customer services to sort out your phone and your, your, your watch yeah I, I can absolutely think of situations where i've been on with various customer services and you're deeply frust frustrated and i'm sure that you know you, you know all of us have had moments like that and what was fascinating when you were explaining it was that you had you, you knew you were at getting angry. And I guess just to link it to what you've just said about you know, that would be a poor mental health state because anger anger was rising in, in you and that would have been coming out in, in, in your behaviours. So so how it's a really good everyday example, Steve, but how in the moment do you go one? Uh, okay, I can see how I'm behaving. I'm, you know, what's coming out? What, what's, what's my experience? And secondly, how on earth do you do something about it? And, and, and I know those are two big questions, but we can all identify it. We can all say, uh, you know, we'll have had times when we reflect back and think, well, I wasn't, wasn't great there, or I, I see, I'm not putting judgment on it, but I can see, I can see that. I was coming from a state of anger. Yeah. 
how do you know? How do you know this? And then secondly, how do you do something about it? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing, just to caveat this, right, is that this isn't trying to suggest that you can just live life, never experience and get caught up in your (laughs) emotions, right? So anyone that knows me will go, okay, no, I've seen times when he does. And I'm, so I'm on it. I put my hand up and go, yeah, no, look, there are times when afterwards I think, oh my God, you know, what I, I, I should have stopped myself and, and so on. So I think it's important to, to recognize that sometimes because thinking, feeling, emotions are so fast and they're so ever present, it's a challenge sometimes. Well, so in a way, everything yeah. we're going to talk to over these eight episodes is saying, but, but if you have a better understanding of it, then your ability not to be so caught by it or not to be so caught by it so often or not to be caught by it to the depths that sometimes it can take you, that's that's a real win. So I think that would be one of the things is I get caught less often. When I do get caught, it doesn't, it's not as severe as it used to be and it doesn't last yeah. as long. And that's, if I'm honest, that's an ongoing journey, which I'm sure... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until <laughs> until the end. Um, but I think. Um, go on. I think we. I think we probably need to do a, a general disclaimer for anyone that knows us. Listen to these. That whilst whilst we're talking about these things, we know full well that we are not all those things all of the time. Well, <laughs> exactly. So we and fully acknowledge that. Yeah, I, and I think that's a really important point. That look, the human experience is is challenging and is difficult and so, and sometimes the the problem that we experience is that we think we 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 have expectations and judgments about ourselves that don't take account of the challenges and the issues of life the everyday challenges of your life i certainly work with lots of people i do a lot of work with lawyers for example where they hold themselves to such a high bar of expectation you know they're beating themselves up all the time and it's like no you need to you need to back off yourself a little bit and accept that you're a human being you know warts and all um so I think that is a very important part of this actually I think as much as what we're talking about is is not trying to say oh yeah you know you can live in this wonderful world where you never get affected by anything and you love everyone and you never have any difficulties (laughs) with people we're not saying that. What we are saying is there is a way to live from a different place. But as much, it's how do you navigate the ups and downs and the challenges and the issues? That's that's such an important thing to sort of see as well. So the other point I was going to make then, go up to your question, really, which is, well, you, you know, how, how do you know, you know, when you when you're getting angry, what is it you can do in those sort of moments? So, yeah, there, of course, there are times when it happens so fast that you, before you know it, you've sort of gone with it. But I suppose in a way what we're pointing to, and this is where the the I am bit comes in, is that we often say, well, I am angry, for example, and and it 
And I suppose it's saying, well, who is it that knows you're angry? So if you think of it, when we say, well, I am angry, there is something that observed the fact that I was angry. Now, often we don't pay attention to that because, like I said, it's so fast. And even in our language, we say, well, I am angry. Whereas really, the real, if we were really true to what we were saying, we, we'd be saying, I am feeling angry or I am angry, I, I, I have angry thinking. But there is something that sort of knows that we often don't pay attention to. It's like even, even when someone says, um, oh, I had a really good night's sleep. It's like, well, how do you know? Who knows? Well, something, even when you were asleep, there was a presence. There was something about our being that then in the morning, you know, oh God, I had a, I had a really good, I had a really good night's sleep. Oh, I had a dream. I had a dream last night. It's like, how do you know? So you weren't the dream. There was something that knew that you had a you had a dream. Now, in the moment of the dream, you're completely in it. But actually, if that was true, if the dream was you, if the anger was me, then I wouldn't be able to observe it because it would be it would be everything. So the fact that it's not means that we and when we the reason we're exploring being is because the more we see that the being is who we really are, that presence, that awareness, that sense, that essence of us that is sort of never, never changes really. You know, even part of when you think back to memories from your childhood, you think, well, there's part, I still feel the same, even though my thoughts, my feelings, my intellect, my experiences changed. But there's still something that you say, well, that, yeah, that, that me when I was five feels the same me as now I'm 54. That, so there's something in that essence. And I, what I suppose we're saying is the essence of that is our being. There is something that is a constant to our life, which is that, that awareness, that presence, that sense of being. And the more we can live from that, then we have, we're able to roll with our experience more effectively. I think where you really see this is young children. You know, if you think about someone I was talking to yesterday who's got young children, they're talking about, you know, when they're that age, two, three, four years of age, often before they get into the sort of school system, you really notice with them that they're, they live from being. I think that's why often people like being around young children because they reflect this innocence, this sense of just being present in their life, fully absorbed in what they're doing. Do they get upset? Yeah, you know, they'll have a, <clears throat> if they're having a fight with their brother or sister, they're like fully into that. So they're having their emotion and they're, and they're expressing it. But once that fight or argument is finished, you know, a minute later, you look back and they're both playing happily again. And the the anger has something, the emotion is something that's just, they've expressed it and it's gone, it's disappeared and they're back to being, they're back to being in the, in the moment. And that's why, um, <clears throat> you know, 
person I was talking to yesterday, you know, saying, oh, you know, um, sometimes my partner will say, why don't you just wait for 10 minutes before speaking to mummy or daddy? And, and, uh, and the person was saying, that they have no idea what 10 minutes is. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. that means nothing. <laughs> They're just like, I'm just in the moment. I'm in the moment and they just want to do what they want to do in the moment. And they, the reality is they just don't, they don't think about the past and they're not, they're not thinking about the future. Or if they do, it's like, oh, when's dinner, dad? Or whatever. And it's like, okay. You know, and and so in a way, you can really see why do children generally live in a happier, healthier place, particularly young children, is because they live much more from that being. That's why they're just in the moment, they're present, they're engaged, they're just fully absorbed in what they're doing and they're, they're less distracted by their thinking and they have less thinking about what has happened and what might happen. And it's only, you know, as they get a bit older and and in a way we, you know, we probably innocently indoctrinate them a bit in terms of, this is good, this is bad, that's right, that's wrong, you get rewarded for this, you get punished for this. So in a way, we we start to give them, you know, like a, almost like a um like a book of law, really, about good and bad and right and wrong. And of course, you know, we do that because we're helping them grow up. And but one of the consequences of that then is that their mind the mind becomes a lot more active then and so that that dual aspect of the mind because the because being when we're being it's un, it's not dualistic because it's it's so present it's often when we're in being that's why we're it's much easier to connect to other people because we're really connecting at that level of being and that's really that's really common people's experience of being is very is very common people's thoughts and feelings can be quite different but that sense of being is the is something that i think is why when we're really just present and engage with people we have we have naturally have empathy and compassion and connection because there's something that's the universal about that i think so are you encouraging us to go back to our four-year-old selves well it's a it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's it's sort of saying, you know, to live in the world, then using your mind is a wonderful tool to be able to to achieve the things that you want to achieve in life. You know, the things that people want to achieve in life. It's not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, people will have goals, will uh, have sort of things they want in their life. You know, and it's saying that's a very personal choice about what what's what's sort of important to you. And so it's not saying that that's a problem that as we develop our mind, then that can be quite healthy. But I suppose in a way, Gareth, the way I think about the mind is it, it's like a tool in a way. It, it, if you think of it, it's an incredible sort of gift in a sense, you know, to have something that enables us to uh, reflect and learn from the past uh, and the reason we've been able to evolve, the human race has evolved. We can use our imagination to create new things for the future. 
and use our understanding of the past in order to create what we want in the future. And so you could say, well, so the mind is a wonderful, is a wonderful gift, but like any tool, you know, you can misuse it. You know, if you've, if you've got a hammer, then a hammer is really good if you've got lots of nails to knock in. Brilliant. It's like a perfect design. You know, you can knock in nails, you can build a house, you can do all sorts of things with a, with a hammer. So with the right tool and the right equipment, it's great. But if you've got a screw, then a hammer is a really bad, a bad tool for it. If you've got a screw, you're trying to, when I've tried it, actually, you know, sometimes when you can't find a screwdriver <laughs> and you think, oh, a hammer has got to do it. It's the disaster, you know, just, I mean, the mess that that creates because it's you're, you're using the wrong tool with the wrong implement and it does more damage than good. And in a way, I think sometimes when we use our minds for everything in our life, that's it's the wrong tool. So I think often, you know, when we're, if we think about when we're um, like our most intimate relationship, for example, you'd say, well, if you're being with your partner, if you're just present and you're engaged and you're enjoying each other's company, that's, that's what, that's where love comes from. You know, you're just present and you're engaged and you're just in the moment with that person, then that's 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 a healthy, that's a healthy relationship. If your mind is really busy when you're with someone else about your expectations, your needs of them, what they should or shouldn't do, picking holes in aspects of your relation you know and so on it's like well that's that's a sure way to an unhappy relationship you know often couples that that perhaps have been in love and been really good with each other and then sort of some things that happen and they start to get have more thinking about each other and often then that means about sort of shoulds and shouldn'ts and needs and expectations you know, often a couple that really gets caught in that, that spiral of that, they they end up in a quite a low state of mind with each other. And they they lose yeah. their will and they lose the connection. And it's, you know, and in a way, the only way out of that is is to get is to sort of stop all of that thinking, get back to the feeling which comes from the being. And then from there, work out, okay, are there some things that we need to resolve in our relationship? It might be there are. And it might be that, you know, it's not right to stay together, but you can only yeah. really you can only really decide that when when you're just genuinely connected with each other and you're in a good feeling and you're in a good state of mind with each other. That's the only place you can sort of start to make a more informed choice so i think to answer your question it's not yeah we don't want to go back to how we were as a four-year-old but we also want to recognize well what is a four-year-old also reflecting to us yeah is that you the more you can if you can balance the being and the mind and <clears throat> i suppose in a way what we're talking i think about is often 
the more you understand about your being and your experience and where that's coming from. My experience for myself and with other people is that the mind tends to follow in a sense. So, um, you know, it's a bit like, you know, someone says, what do I need to do to be more confident? It's sort of suggesting, well, there's things I need to do to be. And quite often when I get that question from someone, I'll say, well, are there times when you are confident? You know, they might have it like with a meeting. Someone might say, well, I want to be more confident in that in that meeting. And it's usually to do with perhaps when it's more senior people, for example. And you say, well, are there times when you're in a meeting where you are confident? And they'll go, oh, yeah, you know, this like with my team, I, I do that. Meeting. Oh, what, what do you do? And they describe, you know, what they do in that and how they deal with things and, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, then you say, well, that would suggest it's not a doing problem then. And they go, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, if you know that there's times when you do all the things that are confidence, you know, that's within you. You've done it before. So it, it's sort of within you. And they, of course, they've often never thought about it. It's like, well, yeah, actually, that's that's true. So it's what's more interesting then is well, what's stopping you? So if you know that you can do those things, and it doesn't mean you can't continue to develop the skills, mind. So it's not saying that we can all do things to keep developing those skills. But quite often, you know, I work with lots of people where they've already got a lot of the skills they're looking for. It's more what stops you having access to that doing in certain situations. And of course, that's more to do with what's going on in my mind, that perhaps in certain situations I have more thinking, I have more expectations, I have more fear, I have more concerns and insecurities, which are all created in the mind about certain meetings for example you know like I said if it's senior people <clears throat> so it's more to see well isn't it interesting to explore how those are stopping you having access to confidence and having access to the behaviors you have when you're confident so it's saying well confidence is something that's about our being and it's always there it's more to do with what's the thinking thinking, beliefs, expectations, judgments that get in the way of it. Yeah. That's more of, that's the more interesting sort of area of explorations. So it's often to do with how the mind, how we all innocently perhaps misuse the mind sometimes that gets in the way of who we could be. I think you've brilliantly given us a taster of some of the topics and some of the areas that I think we're going to try and bring to life there, be it, you know, relationships with our loved ones, um, things that go on at work and situations where we say we're good at and not good at. I think you talked brilliantly about mind as well. So, I, you know, I, if, if, if anything you've heard has um, raised an interest, hopefully in some of our future episodes that you're going to, you're going to hear a lot more of those details. Mm. Steve, I'm going to I'm going to put words in your mouth for a minute and come back to our, your conversation with the customer services. I asked you that question of okay, how how do you how do you know and recognize that anger and that that feeling and then how do you do something about it? 
but what I interpreted what you said was because you're being in the moment and by being in that moment you had the ability to recognize what was going on what your experience was that you were having and then quickly an internal conversation with yourself with asking yourself is this what you want to be how do you want to be differently is this what you you know is this what's going to get you success but the the the, the common shorthand phrase that that you didn't say but is in my head is it's by being in the moment would would that be fair to to interpret it that way yeah i think i think that's right and i think <clears throat> in a way what we're saying is you're always being in the moment yeah and uh, and it and i think sometimes we think oh yeah okay i need to do things to be in the moment right because it looks like we all know probably that we're much better when we are in the moment and i suppose in a way what we're want to point to is you're always being in the moment actually that's the truth of it you are always being <laughs> and it's just whether that, you know it <laughs> exactly no and that's that i think yeah. that, that is the point actually is that it and i think i can sort of see why it's almost it's almost so obvious that it we completely miss it it's almost like i don't know what like, like fish and water you know, probably a fish has no idea about water because it's like, <laughs> you know, you went to a fish and said, oh, yeah, what do you think about water? And they go, what water? What What do you mean? And it's like, well, because it's ever present, they don't pay any attention to it. And I think in a way for us, it's a, that's sort of similar that because we're we're always present, we're always aware, we're always having an experience we just don't pay attention to it because it's like, it's just always there. And a bit like, you know, in a way it's a bit like then our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions really um, happen so fast that again, we don't notice them. We don't notice that they come and they go. There's a flow, there's a real flow, you know, no thought, ever stage i mean just experiment try and hold on to a thought for like even 5 10 15 it's it's impossible because it it flows and the same with emotions you know people talk about managing their emotions it's like no you there's things you can do around emotions and we'll talk about that but they flow no emotion ever stays you you can't stay angry unless you keep thinking about it just try it it's like it's like if you're if you're angry with someone you really you really notice that if you want to stay angry with them you have to keep feeding the anger and the only way you can feed the anger is through thought because if you think of it if that wasn't true every emotion every negative emotion we'd ever experience would be as raw now as it was then but it's not it, it, i mean some you know, if someone's had trauma, that and you can often have to deal with that in a very particular way. But as a general rule, our feelings are meant to flow, our emotions are meant to flow. And that's why we can get over things. That's why people can get over quite traumatic, difficult, challenging things and not 
be scarred by that because the essence of our being is never affected by our experience. So that awareness, that essence of our being is completely unaffected. That's why it feels the same when we were a young child as it does now. Because, yeah, we've had experiences and some of those might have been difficult along the way. But that essence of our being, essence of our awareness, has, was unaffected by those because it wasn't those. So when I say I am angry, that is not I am not angry. My awareness is not angry. My awareness is experiencing the anger. It's not the anger. And that's what gives us a chance to not be completely caught up in our experience there is something that is having the experience and the more we can step into that yeah we're having the experience but the experience doesn't have us it's like yeah we can experience the anger but does the anger have you that's the difference and if you if we think we are the anger if we think we are our mind then we are completely caught up in our thinking. We are our thinking and feeling. And what we're saying is, yeah. no, that's not true. That's a, that's an innocent misunderstanding. So Steve, I'm going to bring our session and our episode to a close now on, on that note. So I hope by listening to this episode that you've had something that is, as I said already, piqued a bit of interest that, is hopefully going to motivate you to press play on to episode two when the time is right for you. But we just wanted to say thank you for taking this time with us, but ultimately to have this time for you. If you have got any questions, we would love to hear from you. Please do get in touch with us. You can email us at hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. That's hello at everydaybeing.co.uk. And we we really want to hear from you, be it a thought, be it a question, um, because we, we want to have a growing gang, growing population, growing group, whatever whatever word works best for you. And we genuinely think that questions and comments will, will help. So please, um, please don't be afraid to, to do that. Um, equally, we are looking for people to join us. We've got this idea that we'll do eight episodes and we'll see what happens after that. Um, we want to hear more voices. We want to hear different experiences. Um, Steve and I have started this um, because we believe that what we're talking about, what Steve has brilliant talked about today, can have a massive impact, as we said at the start. Our belief is that this isn't widely known. Um, and it's certainly, we don't think it's brought to life in an everyday way. That's why everyday being is is the podcast that you're listening to so we, we because of those things at the minute we think it's just us so we're, we're putting it out there we're putting it into the cosmonaut and, and, and sit, let's let's see what what comes back and we genuinely don't don't know so we, we would love to hear from you to bring more voices more experiences from all kinds of different walks of of life to to this um please please get in touch so before we finish steve any one last thought just to leave us with i think my only <clears throat> thought would just be the, the self-inquiry really i i think that, that really encourage anyone that does listen to this to 
to just be curious about their own experience. And like I mentioned earlier, I walk a lot. So quite often when I'm walking, I am just sitting with that aware. Am, am I aware? And if a thought or feeling comes in my mind, I notice who is aware of that thought and feeling. So I think I would just really encourage people just to get curious about what we're pointing to and sort of see if that has any resonance in their own everyday experience. Anything for you, Gareth? Anything that particularly comes to mind for you? Um, only that I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today and I'm super excited about what we will talk about and what we can do in future episodes. So thank you for listening today. Uh, this has been the Everyday Being podcast. Take care. Brilliant. Thanks, Gareth.